This is an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Ask Brothers Rant. Download all our content on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Enjoy. Welcome to this, an Ass Bros Rankcast, an Ass Bros OG, the fucking chronic hay fever edition. Like, fucking chronic. I look, look at my face. And also, look at this fucking just sexual piece of man fluff that I've built on my nose, Toby. Before we go anywhere, look, what do you think about how I'm looking at the moment, the puffiness of my face, and weigh in on the tash? I don't even know where to start. I don't know where. There's something, there's something magnificent and truly disgusting and frightening about that moustache. Um, it's good, isn't it? But the fact that your eyes are even more frightening and disgusting um, tells a real yeah. story to the level of the, the hay fever. Wait, look at that one. So that I'm, currently running, I'm currently running a nose, uh, a nose, a cold from my snot-nosed fucking kids, from their snot-nosed fucking cousin. And I don't know where my cold ends and my hay fever starts. I've literally, I've got snot all over me, all over me. All around the house, everything I touched, there was snot on the floor. Um, I've gone through a whole box of tissues, and there's nothing left for it but to say fuck it and have a cold beer. Smash some fucking brewskins, Toby. Well, we're back. Um, we, we missed a couple of weeks. That's on me. I, I'm really sorry about that. We missed the Leicester game. We missed the Man U game. Um, I did put out a tweet, but the bar had been shut down for seven months with COVID, and we finally got back open. So uh, I have been working like a fucking trillion hours. We got out on the golf course this morning, fucking great, played smashing, had a beer, and decided that I would cap my my wonderful morning off, Toby. You know, my first day off. You know, after being the not working for seven months, and um, you know, I, I went back into work, and lo and behold, you know, I, I complained that I'm tired, but I decided I would take a day off today, and decided to just put a little cherry on top of my. My, my Monday off by watching the Arsenal game. And um, mm. I, I think, I, I think Toby, what I want to do with this next 45 minutes, the Ars Bros OG, because Manny's doing a, a, an extreme show, right? Everyone knows Manny. Manny does the Ars Bros extreme, and he is really going to fucking rant and rave. And, and that's, that's him, you know, and I'll probably be on that show ranting and raving. But, Toby, what I wanted us to do was, was try and take a little bit more of a – a kind of holistic view of everything, a holistic view of the club. I'm not saying quell the anger and, and you know, quell everything down, push it into a little ball where you can, where it can explode at a later date. But Release at the appropriate time. Yeah. Just, just to start off with, Toby, um, look, I predicted a loss. Did you predict a loss? Was this what you were expecting as well? I, I tipped a loss in my group, partly because I had forgotten to do my tips and I was trying to throw out a couple of Hail Marys so I didn't fall too far behind in the competition. Um, But, yeah, I I tipped it because I said in the monthly review on Friday that I thought potentially the Man U game could have just been a good game for us, the way they were set up, the way the players – particularly the opposing midfield players, um, could have done us some favours. And just to – I think my um, – the term I used was, you know, let's not 
you know, let off the handbrake altogether. You know, let's have a little bit of caution um, with our prophecies of, um, you know, winning the league. And um, <laughs> unfortunately, the conservatism in the team selection um, surprised me and we never really got out of second gear. And, mm. um, you know, I feel like ranting a bit. I usually do take a 30,000-foot view down on the club and and take a little bit more of a, um, you know, a – what's the word I'm looking for? Like a – Holistic, um, more well, rounded perspective, more rounded. I, I tend not to shit the bed. I tend not to really go after our players um, and pride myself on it. But fuck me, I was yelling at players like I haven't yelled at our own players in a very long time with a degree of frustration and rage. And for me, not doing the minimum that is required to represent the club and the badge. And that's the most infuriating thing as a supporter. So I was pretty See, I had up. a I had a bit of a less emotive response to it than than just looking at our group and looking at some of the chat and obviously listening to you now. God, I look terrible. Just just battle through, Max. Um I had a little bit of a less um emotional view of it because uh, I do the clock end talk Thursday night night live show uh, with Darren. If you don't subscribe to clock end talk, guys, go over to clock end talk and subscribe. Lots of good content, Patreon content as well. But we went around the room at the end of the show, and and you know we 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 do predictions, very loose predictions. But I said then, I bet we lose this game because it would be so very Arsenal for us to lose this game, and it would follow the pattern. I mean, four wins and four losses that we've had. Um, and we really do look like a team who don't seem to have a plan B, even though we've seen in the Europa League that we do very much have a plan B because those two teams, in part, granted very different opposition. I understand all of those caveats that people put up. But the players that are getting selected in that Europa League team and the players that are getting selected in the Premier League team Offer two completely different things. Now, I wasn't on the Ask Bros monthly, uh, Toby. You popped your cherry and hosted, and well done. I thought you did really well for your first time, especially wrangling Ryan constantly talking about masturbating, which must have been, you know, one of the more challenging things you've done. But I can I, I, can I say- just say, I, I think one of the funniest things with it was if you were watching it not just on audio but on the live and all the people's faces – in the Brady Bunch window group, just losing their shit at Ryan yeah. and his masturbation rambles. Yeah. And, he's, got and, to, he's got to stop getting up at 5 a.m. and drinking like five high ABV IPAs and then just talking about wanking anytime you go to him. And I, I love the, um, like, if you would picture his response as some type of like line graph, it would be all over the fucking place. <laughs> Before it came back to the original, yeah, I, I was listening so, yes. to that. I was listening to the monthly, Toby, and I was going through all of your. I was going, yeah, I was listening to the monthly. We're getting really bad lag, by the way, so we we're going to get a bit tall. That's okay, soldier on. Um, so I was listening to the Ask Bros monthly, Toby, and I was listening to Manny because Manny and I have been talking about this this concept of chaos versus structure, and talking about how. In the big games against the big teams at the end of last year when we were being quite successful, you know, towards the FA Cup, knocking off your cities and knocking off your your Liverpools, 
we started to see Arteta's preference for structure over chaos. Don't lose the game before you've given yourself an opportunity to win the game. Seems to be the, the mantra of Mikel Arteta. And I've always felt that, or sorry, not always, I have felt this season that that is a marker of the man and what he believes his team is like, what he believes the players that he has and the players that he trusts, right? So I'll put all of that aside because I'm not trying to start a big Mikel bashing thing. I'm not a Mikel basher, right? But I also believe that he is the coach, he is the manager, and the buck stops with him when it comes to the team selection, when it comes to the coaching, when it comes to the formations, when it comes to the shape. I wasn't looking at that And the motivation of the players as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to get there. But I wasn't looking at that game so much, screaming at the players saying, you're not doing the bare minimum and you're not doing this and you're not doing that. I was looking at players who looked like they were running on, on, on a sprint track and everyone had their lane and everyone was so fucking fearful to go out of their lane for any reason. Where I will side with you is I cannot believe for one second that Mikel is coaching this tempo, this speed of movement of the ball. I can't believe for one minute that he's saying, let's move the ball at the third slowest meters per second ball movement forward stat in the Premier League. So I just I, I just wanted to kind of put that out there and, and put that to side that I didn't have the emotional response to the players. I wasn't standing up on the couch screaming at the fucking players like, you're fucking shit. You're not putting in effort. I was looking at the players and thinking, you are disgustingly out of form. Lacazette is disgustingly out of form. Willian is disgustingly out of form. And Aubameyang, despite try actually trying a little bit more in this game, he tried to get him in the game. The ball's bouncing off him everywhere as well. And that's where, Toby, my roundabout point that I was coming back to was going to be, Mikel Arteta's job as a coach, any coach, any manager in, in any industry in the world, you, number one, have to get the best out of what you've got. You, number two, then have to have great recruitment. You then have to have strategy. But here's the thing that I, I'm, I'm looking at now and I'm starting to have reservations about Mikel Arteta. Is he able to get a top player on big money into form? Can he go and rub their balls? Because he's playing the guts out of William and he's playing the guts out of Lacazette. And the only fucking reason that those two cunts can't be dropped is he must think that their ceiling is so much higher than the guys he has on the bench. And for Arsenal to be competitive this year, he needs them to find form. But surely, Toby, those two cunts have to be dropped. Eddie and Pepe did more in five minutes than those two fuckers did in 60 minutes of that game. Exactly. And and I'm disappointed now that we've got to have this ridiculous international break in the middle. Not because I'm like one of those people that said they shouldn't be playing because it's too high risk. I just fucking hate the interna international breaks. So we've got, what, the best part of two weeks or three weeks or whatever horrible time it is to sort out this mess. I'm not sure why he keeps um, playing the same players. And the the main thing for – or the or the main comment or perspective that, that I came to was – in particular with Lacazette, play him until he finds form. But at the moment, what you're doing or what we're doing is we're actually getting him to dig his, his own grave even deeper. So yeah. every single game, things are coming off less and less and less. He almost needs to be hidden from himself, play a couple of cup games, play a Europa League. The 
the one example I have of Eddie when he came on was when there was a ball that he couldn't quite get or lost and he closed the space down, nicked it back off the defender, laid it, up for, laid it off for Pepe purely out of desire and Pepe tried to hit a curler into the far post. So that in a microcosm or of the game was more than Lacazette did for the whole game. All right, including fuck up to you know guilt edged opportunities or one in particular that I can think of. So you know, Willie Willian was the same. You know, obscene levels of conservatism mixed with brazen disregard for the actual passing game. You know, the amount of times he overturned possession and then just sprinkling some shit dust on top was missing two absolute guilt-edged opportunities. Oh, the one William calls was disgusting. We were still very much in the game, all right? Now, we didn't deserve to be in that game still because they were turning the screws at that point. But we we have this this terrible habit of having a a good five-minute period or so and not capitalising on it. And then that puts more pressure on the players and, in particular, more pressure on the same players to create something from nothing. Yep. All right? Now, I was just about to go on a tangent there, but I'm just going to go with it. I'm just going to take over the show for a moment. Coming back to your point about players being petrified to step out of their job descriptions or their Mm. specificities, if if that's specifications. Now, one of the players that improved but irritated the absolute shit out of me in the first half was actually fucking Kieran Tierney. Because what he was doing was he was taking the safe option. And this must be a coaching thing where they're so shit scared to lose the ball and lose their stats and maybe the analysis after the game that they're not prepared to take the risk. Now, we need some more bravery from our players, not just bloody Saka, who seems to be the only one tasked or willing to create something. And I, I was thought actually, Saka had an absolute stinker today. And I, and I, but his form has been sliding, Toby. His form's been sliding for weeks because he's a 19-year-old. I know. He's, I'm, I'm agree- yeah, he's, he's, he's a 19-year-old who's yeah. being tasked with all the creativity and all the movement for the team, and it's not working. I'll, I'll, put, yep. I'll, put this, I'll put this to you, Toby. I'll, why is it that when we go into a Europa League game, and again, it's different opposition, right? But why is it when we go into a Europa League game, we see massive movement, massive combinations of movement between Reese Nelson, Joe Willock, Eddie Nketiah, Nicola Pepe. I, I know it was Dundalk, and I know it was whatever that fucking mode Norwegian team. Mulder. Right? Yeah. But... They were a better team. That cannot be. You would think that if Arteta was coaching, and I have no doubt that he's he's coaching structure, right? I have no doubt that he is coaching structure. I'm not not disputing that point. But surely he's coaching structure and saying when you get into attacking areas, you've got the five channels in front of you, late runners into the box. We've seen all this stuff before, how he gets the five across the box and it's all happening. So surely for me... It has to be the form. It, it, there's two things at play here. Number one, Mikel's not playing a, a particularly unstructured form of football anyway. So for me, he must be leaning on the front three 
to create. On, on, on Tierney to get forward and Saka to get forward and Aubameyang to pull inside and Lacazette to make rear post runs and Willian to do the work. It's your five yeah. or your six channels across the front. So as much as I'm going to stand here today and I'm going to say the manager needs to grow a fucking set of balls and drop some people and take some risks now, I'm also going to give him the out of he cannot, at the start of the season, when he was putting together his coaching plan, his structural plans, how he wanted to play this season, he cannot have looked at that front three and said, I'm going to suffer from having all three of these guys in fucking terrible form at the same time. So Can, I, I, I will give him that break. I, I'm, I'm going to give him a non-break here. I'm going to go quite the opposite. And I'm not going down the I'm a reactive, I'm going to shit on him path. But when did he decide to channel his inner David Moyes and play a sole fucking crossing game where no cunt in our team can head the ball, let alone attack the ball in the box? So neither the centre forwards, the wing forwards, you've got no onrushing midfielders coming into the um, into the 10-yard box, and it is ridiculous. Whatever, I don't care this whole fucking Eddie Nketiah thing, whoever the fuck that was in the comments section. It's not about his ceiling or his performance even at the moment. It's about having someone in there who works harder and creates desire. some chaos. All right? Yeah. Creates chaos through desire. Let's not let's not play fucking fantasy manager fucking 2020 and go, oh, let's go and fucking buy this person or that person. This is the squad we've got. These are the players that are out of form. This player is showing some desire. Get him in the fucking team and find some internal solutions. It's yeah, a ridiculous I think, thing I, I, from I our fans that to think that we can buy our way well. out of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm at that same point with you now. I said, you, you saw my comments. For Willian and Lacazette, I said, drop them both. I said, now en enough is enough. I could go along with you for a period of time. I could see what you were trying to do. You're trying to get the best out of them, trying to get the ceiling out of them. So for me, he only has two options now. Retain the structures that he's playing and put players in there who are going to provide you with more chaos and try and get those players who have more chaos to play with a bit more structure. Like try and quell a Pepe and get him to backtrack and whatever he needs to do. I don't think you lose anything by playing Niketia. Not on Lacazette's current form. I, I get, I've said many times, well, I don't think Eddie is maybe ever going to make it at the top, top level at Arsenal. But... Right or now, his how, desire and tight. his running and his his, his his willingness to run the channels is better than what Lacazette's is. He's yeah. going to go in and put a shift in for the team. A fit Reese Nelson right now, I'd even start looking at a fit Reese Nelson. He's a lot faster. He's a lot more technical. He's got a lot of short passing. I know he hasn't done as well, but Toby, you've got to admit, we we've, Arteta has to be getting to desperation station now. He's, well, he's he eight games now. in. If, if, if he was playing a conservative game to go through a pretty shitty run of games, because we did have a lot of difficult opposition, he's turned around now and done okay against some of the good opposition, but then we've come to our our real mark of where we're sitting, which is an inability to, to beat hard-working mid-table teams. Now, I will come back to where I'll give credit, credit to Villa. You had players all over the, that pitch absolutely busting their bollocks over every single one-on-one. -on -one. Fucking Johnny Cash, whatever his first name is. Yep. You've Maddie got Cash. You've got Trezeguet on the other side. Would 
would absolutely not let Saka pass him. Fouls, all of that stuff. There was desire. There was fucking man calves himself, Jack Grealish, fucking Rosper. Like all of these monsters all over the pitch. And whoever that was at Warren Walker up top, an absolute beast of a player who held the ball up, ran hard, threw himself at the ball in the box with his head and his feet. You're talking about a very simple game sometimes, which is about winning your one-on-ones. You know, if you're not going to win, you don't lose those one-on-ones. And we lost that with desire and tenacity and speed and physicality. And we expected a game at quarter tempo for us to overcome what we perceived as lower opposition. But yeah, when, we got I look through that Villa, when I look through that Villa team, Toby, there are plenty of good players in that Villa team. There are good centre-backs there. There are good midfields there. I can even look at a, probably three players who in that Villa team who would walk into the Arsenal team currently, definitely walk into it on form. So I don't, I don't look, I don't want to look at it and be like, oh my God, we just lost to, to Fulham. Like I saw some stuff on Twitter. I'm, I was like, look, Villa are a good team. The questions that have to be asked of Arsenal is why Mikel Arteta cannot get that team up the next week after riding the motivation wave. No, I know, Toby, but it's still on the fucking manager. It's still on the manager. And if you've got that much of an issue, Toby, then we just signed Willian, who's got three years on a massive amount of fucking money. Which I have a huge issue with. We just signed Aubameyang, who's got three years on a massive amount of fucking money. Since you gave him all the money in the world. You know, I, I'm looking at it now and I'm like, and, and and let me just say this as well. I am not like one of these fans who's like, throw caution to the wind, pull apart the structure, because that's, those structural performances made us very competitive against Liverpool, very competitive against City and beat Man U, right? I know that we only got one win. We only got three points out of that three, but any of those those games should have gone the other way. Where my real issue lies, my, my, my really, really big issue is the seeming unwillingness to give up that structure against teams where we should be going and being dominant in possession. So I'm staring at that and I'm like, okay, so if Willian is my structural player, he's the guy I'm playing there and I'm coming up against the the chaos on the other side. Where's the chaos? Where's the balance on the other side? Because Aubameyang provides no chaos. Aubameyang thrives on chaos. He thrives on fast movement. But he doesn't provide it. And actually, today, I thought Obama tried really hard to provide it. That, that he stood but he was up. the one crossing. He was the one crossing. Oh, I know. And we I had know. no but headers in the team. But this is, this is what I'm getting at, Toby. He actually found Willian with a lovely cross, and Willian fucking skied Aubameyang played well, but that was yep. the wrong position for him to be in. But this is – I, I understand all of that, Toby. And instead of just throwing hand grenades and saying, this is shit, everything is shit – the players are shit. I'm trying to... I'm not. Ma- I'm saying Aubameyang you are. could this, be not this, in that position. Is, I'm not. I, I, I'm I not. So I'm not listen, being... listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm fucking saying. If you're taking your max pill today, taking your max pill, going to dominate. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is if you're looking at a team that requires structure, you don't need to pull apart the structure and all of a sudden go and play... Pepe, Willick, Nelson, Aubameyang through the middle. I don't believe that that's the way forward because I don't believe that he believes that's the way forward. But no, you have to we, take we, at we least would, one um, piece. Can I finish, please? You have to at least be able to go and take one piece of that structure out and add something different. That's what I'm saying. Now, if that's Willian 
and you pull him out, if you are so petrified that Pepe is going to provide you so little structure by pulling that one structural piece out that you're fucked, then you need to rebalance the team somewhere else. Maybe you do need to play three in the midfield instead of playing an extra centre-back where we're going to struggle to progress the ball through the midfield. That's where I'm looking at. I'm saying I understand the fact that he coaches in a specific way. I understand the fact that there's structure. I'm not saying tear it all up, Pepe. You know, people put these fucking first 11s up and they're like, this is the way forward. And I'm like, that first 11 will get you spanked fucking 5-0 at City. But to be frank, the fucking best first 11 that he could put out, the most structured first 11 that he could put out, created fuck all. And when it did, the overpaid old cunts up front couldn't do anything with it. I, I, he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. But I tell you what, he's extra damned if he doesn't, Toby. He's damned if he doesn't drop some of these guys to the fucking bench. Can we just agree on that? Lacazette, Willian, drop for the next game. The shame is that we've got to wait now for a break. You know, and, and I'm with you in that we don't make multiple changes because we would have the water tightness of a sieve. Yep. We, we would have the resilience of a souffle, you know. If we, if we make all of those changes all at once, like, you know, like we're playing fucking FIFA or Pro Evo or Fantasy Manager or what have you, whatever the fuck, we just need one or two pieces of the pie that are going to create something um, and and break that structure and that mould a little bit. Now, the for me, and, and this was a really interesting thing that came up, I think it was a question from Manny last week, was... No, it was from Scunny Mike in his Friday show asking, would you purchase a creative midfielder or a striker that can do both in the next transfer window to bring us out of the mess. And and I'm um, I'm firmly of the belief that that a striker that can play that can link up the play with everyone and bring in the midfield and bring in the the wide forwards would um, would absolutely take us out of this ridiculous mess that we're in and could probably improve even someone as shit as fucking Willian. So, you know, it's very strange to be fantasizing about those type of things, but we almost need like an older school striker who's big. I said it weeks ago, Toby. Preparing to we, bash what people. What we need is Olivier Giroud. I, I didn't want to go who, there. Do you know who I would go and buy? He wouldn't be, he wouldn't be cheap, but Danny Ings from Southampton. Right, solve so many of those problems. Like, I'm, I'm not saying I want to go get Danny Ings people in the chat. I'm not saying he's like the be all and end all, but I'm saying that Lacazette is shit, and that Danny and Ings is a better player than Lacazette with better ball, pro- with better goal production, better link up play, better assisting, better everything. Better pay, it's better it's not Eddie. It's not Eddie for people who are like, oh, Martinelli's going to come back from an ACL and go straight into the team and immediately find his fucking form again. I'm like, you cunts are fucking cooked. Right, that guy needs to be fed back into the team in cup competitions. You're not even going to see the best out of Martinelli until next year. But he I'm may, with you, Toby. Yeah, but people saying go get Awar. Yeah, people saying go get Awar. I'm like, I'm Fuck not putting. 50, I'm not putting fifty million pounds into Awar. I'm going getting an elite striker, and I don't from, mean an elite from the fucking Premier League or the Championship. I want someone who's going to bash the fuck out of cunts and bring other players into the game. We need someone who's going to link up with Aubameyang. 
keep Abamyang on his inside left channel. There's no problem with that if you've got someone who opens up that space and feeds him in behind. And did you see now, when Aubameyang went through the middle today, Toby? He got smashed off the ball. His touch wasn't his touch wasn't good enough. And his passing, his link-up passing when he drops deep, when he actually has to come back and the wingers get forward, really poor. I, I, I would like to see Aubameyang through the middle against maybe a lower opposition team or, you know, for 30 minutes at the end of the game when we're a bit up. I still don't think that that's the answer. And that's why I'm saying for this team now to be structurally good, Party's been one piece of the puzzle. Gabriel's been another piece of the puzzle. Uh, can we uh, actually, do you know what? Let's talk about something good, right? I thought Gabriel and Rob Holding were very solid again. And I think so they're making I. an excellent partnership. Uh, despite shipping the goals, I don't think that was their issue. I think the game had opened up to such a point, Arsenal were chasing the game. I know a lot of people are, oh, Rob Holding overran the ball a couple of times, but we were getting transitioned so heavily. What else did he meant to do, like jog up to it and let the guy go on the outside? Mm. Um, but those two forming a partnership, and especially because I don't want to just dig into fucking more more negativity. We've said it all all now. But no, especially no. Well, with I think those we've two, had a crack. We can move on. Yeah, especially with those two now starting to form a partnership. Um, I guess that's an exciting base to move forward on. I thought Leno had quite a good game. Um, I guess before we move on from, you know, any of the negativity, uh, there's a, you know, because actually, Toby, there's not a huge amount of positivity to take away from this game. I'm not no, looking at the performance of the, of the... And I thought Party had a good a good first half, but he looked isolated and lost. He, he looked much better than the people around him. Well, Again, can I make a point? L regressed back to the mean. Didn't give him a lot either. You know, so Partey, I thought was good in that he was taking a risk. He was bringing, he was bringing particular Bellerin into the game, but Bellerin does lack that end product at the moment. But was making some fantastic runs, um, and um, it's very distracting when those comments come up. Yeah, you just got to deal um, with it, mate. And um, so I thought he was quite. I thought he was quite good. If we can find a way potentially of getting an extra midfielder in with some with some more running, I would like to see that. But I need to say that this is such a fluid formation. We don't, you know, we, we've got two different formations with and without the ball. So yeah. when we call for a back three or a back four, it actually makes no difference because but can I can it I kind just... of moves it kind of moves in a clockwise manner. And yep. I think that's but, why Willian plays. Can I just say this? The problem being with that, that Saka is coming into the midfield and Saka doesn't offer power running. And I he think does that's offer power running. That's no, exactly no, what he No, offers. he doesn't offer power running, Toby. He offers burst running. I'm talking about a guy who is a built midfielder, a built central midfielder, a number eight who goes box to box. Saka doesn't go box to box. He gets on the ball and he drives. He bursts. He is fundamentally a wide player and he wants to play that outside wide channel and he does come inside. I'm not saying Joe Willock is the answer, but I'm saying a player of that ilk with those sorts of personality traits is the player that would unlock those guys. And I said last week what I would have loved to have seen in this Villa game was a 4-3-3. I would have probably dropped Saka. I would have played Willian and I would have liked to have seen a midfield three of Elneny, Party, and Willock. That that would have been my three. 
in doing that, I probably would have kept Willian on the right because this is what we were talking about, about removing a player, adding a player, not tearing up the entire fucking structure for everything that it's worth. Uh, I don't know that we're going to be able to see... I, I, I didn't think when we saw the LNAT, like I know fucking Ryan was like fucking jacking it to party and I went on the clock end and, uh, sorry, jacking it to El Nenny and I went on the clock end and said I was really happy with El Nenny, I was really happy with the performance, but that I wasn't getting ahead of myself and that they needed two or three great performances to solidify themselves as our midfield partnership. And I thought in this game, El Nenny looked like he was trying to move faster than the people around him, and it made him look poor. It was almost like he was trying to do something that he doesn't naturally do. I mean, he's a metronomical player who moves the ball and keeps position. But all of a sudden, he was in a situation where everything was stagnant in front of him again, and he looked like a guy... He he almost looked like Genduzzi in midfield for me in this game. Everything was moving quite fast, and he was trying really hard, but everything he did was kind of a bit shit. So you're looking and it's at it very opinion. difficult when you have no movement up front. Exactly, one of my it's... favorite part, parts of the game was when Gabriel was trying to progress the ball forward, and he he threw his arms up and he's like, "Fucking show some courage and move," and he was yelling at the players beyond him in front of him, and that was one of my favorite parts of the of the game because it showed the frustration of a defender who's trying to play the ball out from the back and kind of be a pseudo central midfielder. And he's got nothing to aim at. And it's very mm. easy, you know, to hit the pass with a stagnant player. That's not the problem. But then you're leaving that stagnant player with all the work to do to beat, you know, a solid formation. So, you know, there needs to be movement up front and there needs to be that bit of desire. Now, you know, whether it's a lack of pace, whether it's a lack of desire, dropping dropping down, quotation marks, for someone like Willian, whether, you know, Lacazette is just cooked, whether Aubameyang is unsuited to this level of toughness, particularly from mid-table teams. This and I was structure for Aubameyang. And, and, I think and we're I more was, structured now than we were last year, and he's struggling within that structure even more. Yeah, I also think his yeah. levels dropped a little bit, and I also think that when yeah, he was playing for that contract, when he was playing for that contract at the end of the year, I reckon that was Aubameyang playing at a hundred. You and I have said this before: if Aubameyang plays at ninety, it feels like he's playing at eighty because he doesn't do enough. He's not a technical enough player. He's so low touch that he's either doing everything and he's scoring goals and is your maverick and your hero, or you're looking at him going, "Well, what the fuck do you do?" Mm. I don't know. I, I, I thought he did look motivated today, and I actually thought so he did I. quite good. I thought he looked good technically. He had some lovely once-overs. He had some delicious crossing, but that shouldn't be his game. That shouldn't no, be his it, game. But that's because, Toby, there's no chaos on the other side, and I said this at the start, right? But then I've said before, it's it's so hard because, you know, you listen back to things we say and we contradict ourselves so much, but... You and I have both said before, we don't like Pepe and Aubameyang, one on the right, one on the left, because it feels like they both want to pincer inside and then you end up with these two mavericks and you don't get the pressing. And so it, it all kind of winds back and comes back to this idea or this concept of we have the wrong wingers. 
we have the wrong combinations for those bits of players. Some put Where's a really good analogy. Plan? Someone put a really good analogy up on Twitter. I literally just saw it before, and he said it looks like a chessboard, and we've got six horses, and they're all trying to move in the same in the same patterns and do the same things. Yeah, right? good it's analogy. Like except it's com- fucking six pawns. Not even as good as a horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, no, I think I think what the tweet was trying to say was is that I you know. need different pieces that do – you need different pieces that do different things, yeah, yeah. and we may yeah. have too many pieces trying to do the same things. And, but ultimately, Toby, you know, the guy who sets the chessboard is Mikel. And there are two teams. And, 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 you know, I was saying this online as well. I'm like, there are two teams. This isn't golf. It's not fucking darts. There's 11 players in the team that have to perform, and there's 11 players and another coach on the other side whose sole role is to look at your team, find the weaknesses, exploit what they can exploit. Uh, and and I've got to, you know, doth my cap to Villa. They must have worked out. They must have been told you can out-energy these guys. You can outrun them. Man, you did not out-energy us. They did not run hard enough. Yep. As a result, we overrode them. Uh, yep. I didn't think at any point we physically desirably outran, out-energized a bunnied villain. Any of them. Any of them. Nothing, apart nothing from Partey. In every fucking apart position on the pitch. And yep. Kieran Tierney, I, I had, who I thought didn't have a great game, but eventually got pissed off and decided to go and try and do it himself. And put there it on a ladder a part of that plate for Lacazette <laughs> as well. So yep. I, was, I was frustrated with Tierney because he wouldn't break his um, structure. So I found it I found it he was passing the buck to Saka in particular. All right. In in that first period of the first half, when we, we actually had a bit of possession, everything was quite fine after we were luckily disallowed. There was no way Leno was getting anywhere near that McKinn shot. No way. Yeah. Te- yeah, technically no way. Fucking technically Technically, whatever that ruling was accurate, but there has to be some subjective common sense to that. So, my point being, I, I just had to get a, that in there, by the way. Um, and nor should that goal with Jacka standing offside had been um, disallowed either. But um, my frustrations with Tierney is that it was don't lose the ball, cut it back, go backwards. You know, and there was some chaos happening at those points. And I saw three, four, five times that happen. Where he absolved himself for me was that absolutely delicious cross for Lacazette. And when you've got a player that, 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 that offers you the square root of fuck all in every other department, you need them to be clinical when you put a chance on a plate like that. And that's what I felt that he was when he first came to us, was a clinical player. We used to liken him to an Alan Shearer. You know, put his fucking foot through it, leave no doubt, fight for the scraps in the box, get his head on the occasional thing above his um, his physical height, and he's lost all of it. He needs to be taken out and protected from himself and fed oh, back in through... The, the cup system. I, yeah. Look, I think he's gone at Arsenal. I, I, I think this will be... I think that this season, this trying to play him out of form and him failing emotionally... You know, Manny called him out the other day. He said, you're failing as a man. 
right? Tough things <laughs> from Manny, but you, you know, you're failing as a fucking man, you know, to stand up. It's, and a, very money, it's a very money thing to say. Yeah, but it's true, Toby. He's a bit of a whinging little bitch. He has been for a while. The Lacazette in 2018 who was smashing the goals and, you know, Walkie had all of his fucking, all of his swagger about him. He's yeah. now arguably got better. He's now arguably got better players outside him, better players behind him. He's not scoring goals, and then the team's immediately going down the other end and giving his goals away like we were before. There's no reason for him to be out of form. And people are like, oh, but you know, fucking Mikel Arteta's, you know, coached all the predatory instinct out of him. And I'm like, he might have coached structure into him, but you don't fucking forget as a 28, 29 year old how to fucking head a ball. A delicious ball downwards. You don't forget how to fucking hit a ball with your laces. You don't forget how to shoot. You don't all, all of a sudden wake up one day and go, oh, you know what? Because I've been coached out of it, my first touch is gone. I've, I now don't know how to fucking pass. The ball doesn't stick to me anymore. You know, it's, it's, mm. it's a fucking, it's a terrible thing that has happened because he was a good player. I reckon we'll end up losing him for fucking peanuts, right? We'll end up losing him for absolute him away. fucking peanuts. He's another, he's no, another that's, fucking that's what Mustafi. That's what I'm hmm. saying. You know, he, he's he's either going to go out for fuck all next season. You know, maybe someone will pick him up for hmm. 20 million. I th- think you'd be lucky to get 20 million for him off the back of this season with his age profile. But, you know, that, that's that's probably the way that it's going to be. It's, it's the way of the road, Toby. It's the way she goes. the way of the road um not much more really to say toby i guess uh you know i i will i will finish with the statement that i started with i guess it is important for Mikel arteta now to grow some balls and to drop some of these guys where i will differ from your opinion is i actually think that this international break is perfectly timed no, no I, 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 I because Mikel Arteta will now go and spend two weeks, or he fucking yeah. should, if he's a good coach, absolutely tactically analyzing every single piece of, piece of that plan. And what he needs to do is he either needs to say, that plan has not worked, whether it is by my coaching or the fact that the players aren't in the form to be able to do the job they've asked them to. So I now have two choices. I either put players into that system, into my system, and try and get them to work within my system, or I produce a system that is going to make the most out of those players and protect them for their deficiencies. And like we said, that may very well be losing someone and adding someone, losing a Saka and adding a Willock, losing a Willian and adding a Pepe. But there is going to have to be some kind of fucking alteration because this team does not fucking create enough. It doesn't play at a high enough tempo. doesn't seem to have the desire or the ability to break teams down and score goals. Final thoughts, Toby? A couple of things. One, we probably haven't factored in enough how much Partey going off at halftime affected us. We were shit when he the, was on, though. Uh, but, he, but he was creating. So he yep. not only was diffusing, he was making um, turnovers happen. And then he was punching out counterattacks. So that's one thing. The second thing where I've come around to the international break is that we need to start playing 
reserves versus first or try out some new combinations with the first versus the seconds. All right. So I'd like to see a set of three or four players coming in. You know, I'd like to see Bamiang training up top um, as a potential. And then I'd like to see some, and, and as if this isn't happening and as if mm. that isn't why he's selecting these players week after week, but I really want to some of those fringe players to, to stand up and take those opportunities. And you're absolutely right. This is one or two positions. This isn't a three, four, five position tweak. You know, it just has to be a couple of a couple of things in there. But I am pissed off. So fuck fuck this team. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll uh, I think we'll leave it there because uh, Manny's got the the Aspros Extreme coming up. I think it's He's like got tomorrow both barrels, morning Australia. No doubt. Yeah, tomorrow morning Australia time. And I'm, I'm like, I may be on that one. I might actually not go on it now. I might get Manny to get some other people on it because I'm basically going to say the same fucking stuff all over again. Um, but yeah, tough, tough to watch. Tough to see our fan base torn apart again. You know, and, and I know the look, we, we've got a history on ours, bros, of, of giving our fan base a bit of shit for, you know, being reactive and, and like you said, you know, wanting to make six, seven changes or tear the whole thing up or get rid of Mikel or do this or do that. But, you know, quite frankly, the team's not giving them a reason at the moment not to be reactive. You know, and Mikel Arteta is, for all intents and purposes, charged with getting Arsenal back to being a good team, a competitive team, and with four wins and four losses, very, very quickly he'll start to skate on on thin ice because that is his mandate. His mandate is to win. And if he loses that dressing room, if he's worried for a second that if he drops those players, he's going to lose that dressing room, then he's got big, big fucking problems. What I would hate to see is him run out of town this early in his coaching career because I think there's a fantastic coach in there I just hope that this opportunity, managing these types of players, these types of personalities, I hope that that aspect of this managerial opportunity hasn't come too soon for him. I'm starting to worry. You got anything to add on that, champion? No, I, I wouldn't go that far with him. I think I wasn't going shown... that far. I was pr- I was putting a precursor on it, saying that this is the road that's in front of him if he doesn't start trying to trying to do stuff. Yeah, I I just think I I just think his his loyalty has failed. He's he's shown a massive degree of balls um, with what he's done to players like Özil and so forth, but. The the one positive that I can think that we can that we can really support him in is the improvement of our defence, the defensive signings, the way that they're playing. That's something to be proud of, which is very un-Arsenal. So if we mm. can add his task over the next couple of weeks is to add some creativity, not fucking Urzel, not playing a number ten, mm. but a creative, chaotic spark, and and move those chess pieces around. To get us a little bit more, um, a little bit more chaos and a little bit more crea- creativity, and maybe yeah. to ditch some of this crossing game that we're playing, 
don't forget on my final thought that if you lose a midfielder, you've got less one midfielder hitting the box late. All right. So if we're playing this crossing, a crossing game is fine if it's a cutback game. All right. Mm. But a crossing game, trying to loop a ball in to a number nine who isn't there is a waste of time. Toby, the guy who's going to thrive most doing that is going to be a Joe Willock. I just hope that he's played himself into enough form in the Europa games against shitty players that when he comes into this team, because in our squad, he's the answer when he comes into this team, that he takes his opportunity. All right, guys, it, it's been a tough one. It's It always is when you when you go and lose to a, a mid-table team. Uh, tune in tomorrow or today. Wherever the fuck you are in the world, it's one of the two. Manny's doing Ask Bros Extreme. I might be on it. I might not be on it. Uh, it might just fucking depress me to do this all over again for another round, Toby. But as always, good to be back. Good to be back on the Ask Bros OG uh, you, you've got Scunny's show coming up on Friday as well. So the Friday Ask with Scunny Mike. You can also catch me on the Thursday night live show on the Clock End Talk. And you can catch Manny, I think, on Wednesday or on Tuesday night as well on the same old Arsenal uh, team talk show with Dan Potts. We're fucking everywhere. We've spread our wings and flown. Guys, have a great evening. Have a great morning. Whatever you're doing, tea or beer, drink it up. See you soon. Peace.